Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness-filled broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UDR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. It is another opportunity to study the Word of God systematically. Get your Bibles out and let's study the Word of God. This is LaVon Breland and thank you for listening to the broadcast. We are discussing our teaching of teachings, which is the overcoming way. And we've discussed various things, but we're going to continue to unfold the principles. Let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's involvement and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad we do. Thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make known the bo- um, boldly the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as that educator and guide, giving me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. It has been our goal in the overcoming way to pursue God by knowing him more intimately so that we can serve him more faithfully. Awakening these core values that establish our core convictions of the advantages that we have as accepting God's word as final authority and as the way to overcome. We said that we would overcome the sin, we would overcome the world, and overcome by faith. And those are the times um, that during our study of the word overcome, overcame, overcoming, we looked at in the scriptures that it was used 30 times. It was used 8 times in the Old Testament, 11, 22 times in the New Testament, <clears throat> 11 times in the book of Revelations, and 5 times in the book of First John. So we know that overcoming in itself is a revelation. And every revelation carries a mandate for us to achieve, something to emphasize. And so in doing that, we've awakened and challenged ourselves to find out what those advantages are that we have in Christ and and take advantage and examine ourselves to see, have we overcome sin? Have we overcome the world? And are we overcoming through faith? And once we do that, we know that we found a way because we know the truth and we've experienced the life and the light that comes through Jesus Christ that transforms us into that very reality that he's promised, that abundant life that he's promised in his word. And so it has been, um, it has become, overcoming has become our mandate that him that overcomes This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so as we go into a season of faith and study faith, we want to review our mandate. How do we come up with this? How do we get to this point in the study 
that we are looking at overcoming by faith. And, and we came through a very succinct, detailed explanation concerning overcoming. That no, this is not a theoretical um, dialogue. This is a theology. This is a part of God's logic that is supposed to be embedded in our hearts and our minds. You know, the scripture says in Hebrews that he will write the laws on our hearts and minds. We will be to him a people and he will be to us a God. <clears throat> Why is that? Because we know that those who seek him, we, we find them. And we know that anyone that comes to him, to God, believes that he is. And we know that he rewards those that diligently seek him. So we study to show ourselves, not to show others. We're trying to overcome. We're trying to find the way that overcomes. And so in this, we found out that it is our mandate. It answers, awakens, alters, and it adds and advances us to experience God's benefits in the land of living, taking him on his prescribed methodology of overcoming, reviewing our redemption, our righteousness, and our reconciliation with God. This recovers and reforms and restores and strengthens our divine nature and empowers our awareness of God's plan. And, you know, I love to say God's big picture. And it's a nice lesson. Hopefully I'll get to it where we, we really capitalize. When we talk about we're going to live by faith, we are embracing God's big picture so much so that we're taking on the challenge to exemplify God's big picture. <clears throat> Amen. And so... Uh, overcoming must translate to the life of Christ, birthed out of the revelation that it takes the advantage of having access to God's grace. For we are saved by faith through grace. It is a gift of God, not that any man should boast, but so that you can experience the quality of life that Jesus died for you to achieve. Overcoming must then transform every area of our life, our relationship with God, our righteous resolve, and our reliance upon the Holy Spirit. And this is what alters our life to live supernatural exploits and consider ourselves as our overcomers. I know you can't look at Romans 8 and not understand that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You know, if God before you, who can be against you? You know, it says that there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. If all of these things have been, you know, and you read Ephesians chapter 1 where he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, or he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. All of these endowments that he's, he's archived in the history of scripture has been at your access. It's right in front of you. And all it takes is you transforming your perspective. No longer conforming to the ways of the world, but being ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now let's go over to Romans chapter 12 right quick, because the Holy Spirit keeps prompting me over there. We started with this passage, this passage in Romans chapter 3, uh, as the opening uh, uh, passages for this teaching of overcoming. Because what I realize here is that often we just read in Romans chapter 12 the first two verses and three, and we don't realize that it is the entire chapter that that really promotes uh, the overcoming message. That if, 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 you, if you are not conformed to the ways of the world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect or the mature and complete will of God. And he says, look, grace has been given 
to me and to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God has given us faith so that we, we as many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ. So it brings out a revelation of who we really are, what we really have, and what we can do. Let's keep reading. It says, having then differing gifts according to the grace that is given to us, whether it be prophecy, let him prophesy according to proportion of faith, ministry, let us wait on our ministry. He that teacheth on teaching, and he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him um, do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy and cheerfulness, let love this is this is the unity that bonds us together. Be without disillumination. Arbor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now the scripture lets you know right here, first of all, and of course disillumination is a limitations that we don't, um, without hypocrisy rather. So um, what it's saying is we love without hypocrisy. Arbor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Now, and it goes into other directors. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honoring and preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing incident prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless them which curse you, rejoice with them that rejoice, weep with them that weep, be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things. But condescend with men of low estate. Be not wise in our own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide those things which are honest in the sight of God and all men. If it be possible as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give um, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. All right? So he's telling you he's going to take care of it. Therefore, if thine enemy be hungry, what do you do? Feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink, for in doing so thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So he is giving you a mandate. This is how you overcome. And then in verses 9, 9 through 21, he gives you specific things that you should do to overcome. So it is it is our reflection on these things that transform every area of our life, our relationship with God, our righteous resolve. We know we've been given uh, gifts, but we only can do that in a state of righteousness and reliance upon the Holy Spirit to establish these exploits so we can operate as oneness, as one body in Christ with different gifts according to the faith which God has embedded in us so that we can achieve this, this way, this truth, and this life that's found in Jesus. So overcoming must triumph over the works of Satan because we know that Satan is set to seek whom he may devour, set you in a system that depraves you from the life of God. That's why you no longer conform to the ways of the world. And then it starves you, your spirit man from, um, from the supernatural and he's set to separate you from the love of God. Because he, he, he tells you in verse 9, let love be without disillumination or uh, without hypocrisy. Don't just be doing this superficially. 
Because ultimately we know that Satan is set to stop the agenda of God. But we know that the devil is a liar and Satan cannot stop what God has started. Because the Bible says upon this rock, upon revelation, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the key areas of our concentration that we've examined was overcoming sin, overcoming the world, and we're going into overcoming by faith. Okay, in overcoming sin, we talked about how the revelation of Christ, uh, uh, revelation overcoming sin as a result of the revelation of Christ being the cure all, covering our sins completely. And we know this is because in Second Corinthians five twenty one, He was made to be sin for us, that the righteousness of God might be fulfilled in us. We also understand that overcoming sin was made possible by being um, by being re released um, by being released to grace that empowers us to develop an overt defense against sin, against the wages of sin, because we know the wages of sin is what death, but the gift of God is eternal life and peace. So it's the peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and minds through Christ. And that's because we, we war against the wages of sin, and of course we kill the flesh to live as Christ and to die as gain, the works of the flesh, and then also the way of the world. When we alienate ourselves from those things, and of course that's what it means to not be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we know that we can overcome sin. We also learn that overcoming sin will be as a result of our submit, submitting to our willful obedience. And that's the stuff that's not always easily to swallow, but it's swallowing nonetheless. Amen. And so uh, it is our goal in life to to know the, these things that that when we say we are obedient, we're obedient to, the, to God's righteousness, his right plan. We're obedient because we have been connected to the heart. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10.10. 10. And then we're also obedient to what Jesus taught, what we call the doctrine of Christ. And you can find all of those, those um, points in, in, in the in the book of Romans chapter 6. Um, in Romans 6 verses, you can start at verse 16 and then give you obedience to righteousness from the heart and to the doctrines of Christ. Okay, so that takes us into that first, the first 10 to 15 weeks that we studied the, the volumes of overcoming sin. All right, And then also, we talked about overcoming the world. And this is where I kind of hit it last week, but I didn't really expanded like I wanted to. So I want to pick that up and then hopefully I'll get into a little dialogue on the book of Colossians, of course, and give you some principles about faith. So in this particular study of overcoming the world, I wanted you to understand that that was our express point. Generally, when we have overcoming sin, overcoming the world, and overcoming by faith, there's one that we just expanded. One of the, the key areas to overcoming is overcoming the world. See, overcoming sin is really what gets us in the door, and a lot of people haven't got no place near the door because we don't really believe that we can overcome sin. We don't, be, you know, sin, you know, because people believe they have flesh, they think they just have to succumb every time the flesh presents an alternative to the life of God. But the devil is a liar. You don't have to succumb 
to the dictates of sin. You can overcome the works of the devil, and everything can be all right. Amen? So we learned several things, and because it was it was broken up into four divisions, we talked about sequence through established power shifts. When you talk about overcoming the world, we're saying we're changing our power source. We're, we're entering into the, into the kingdom of light versus darkness. We're changing our power source, so there are steps that we must take. That's what shift means, sequence to establish power shifts. Then we talked about a Swiss knife, and I used the example of a Swiss knife, how we have many different devices because there's systematic warfare and there's solvents, and we needed to understand what warfare is all about. Now, a lot of us are not engaged in the warfare because we're not engaged in the word. And you can only go to war for God when you know what his weapons are. And so we dealt with that. And then we talked about empowering the warrior spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us and enables us to live the Christian life. You can't ward in the flesh. You can't ward in trying to create some reality and call it spirit. It's the power of God. The kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. <laughs> and until you embrace that school of power, you'll never experience the life of God that he's intended for you to achieve. And then, of course, we talked about embracing God's big picture, which also forces us to review our original dialogue on overcoming theology. Because, see, somewhere there has been an insertion of, uh, of, a, of a distortion of grace as theology. And so people believe, hey, Jesus covered it all. I can live any old kind of way I want to live. No, it don't work that way. And as a result, we got a lot of counterfeit, counterfeits and, and compromising Christians in the body of Christ. And we got to change that. So we learn that salvation shifts us to power by a willful attempt to walk out our submission and trust in God. And it aligns our hearts with his principles. It awakens um, our patterns and practice of standards in life, and it affirms the Holy Spirit for us to focus us to experience the supernatural, to enlighten our minds. I've heard me say this: encourage esteem development, and enforce um, evidence of the word through obedience, and then encounter the power beyond the norm. And see if these things are not taking place in our spiritual walk and our journeys. We're missing out on the life of God. We learned that overcoming the world places a, a demand on our sanctification, our separation unto the truth, embodying the reality of our power in Christ, which, uh, which awakens who we are, what we have, and what we can do. We looked at how um, when we say we're overcoming the world, that it requires deprogramming what the world intends and it sets for us to do. It, it, it attends to it. See, the world will set a, an agenda for you to distract you from what God has purposed you to, to, to achieve. And see, I want you to know, uh, sons and daughters of God, that you are more valuable than what the world places upon you. Glory to God. And God has a plan for you, a plan that is so good that he will prosper you in the things for which he sent it. So, see, see, they, they set to a to, to to first change your, your work. They want to change your walk, and then they want to also change your witness. See, they want, to, they want to define what your life mission is through success and what your life's direction is through ambition. 
and what your life legacy is through through really just dysfunction. Keep you dysfunctional. Because, see, the world will yield to all types of powers and all types of influences to establish di uh, a distinction between the, th the standard of God, because the standard of God is so absolute and so affirmative. So when the world is in power, the believer seeks control. Because, see, what they're seeking to do is to control you. See, they want to suggest alternatives to the life of God. That's what they want to do. When when you're in the world, they want to sensationalize logic and learning over faith. They don't want you to trust God. They don't want you to hear the voice of God and to be led by the word of God. See, they want you to sink to the course of disobedience because it's rebellion that that affirms them. It's it's sin that that controls them. And so they want you to satisfy your flesh with temporal success. Do everything here and now. Accept your truth. Embrace those things that just come to your mind. You know, to be friendly sensitive and friendly seeking. And now it's crept so much in the church because ultimately they want to silence the authority of a speaking spirit. See, when you say, hey, I'm led by the Holy Spirit, and I'm governed by the power of God, they're like, oh, wait a minute, so you think you can contact God? Absolutely I can contact God. You think you can connect to a higher power? Absolutely I can connect to a higher power. See, all of this is done because they they want you to conform to the world, but be ye not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove. And see, I say this statement, faith without works is dead, but I always say faith without proof is fake. Because any time you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he's reward of those that diligently seek him. When you seek him, you're seeking for proof. And it's the proof to... It's, it's the it's the sanctification unto the unto the truth that leads you to overcoming the world, so that you can avoid these suggestions, these sensations, these these sinking to their system, these satisfactions of the flesh, and the silence that they want to numb you as a believer. You know, I've had Christians get mad because they want to challenge, but they don't want to challenge me from the basis of the word. They want to challenge from their offense of what's taking place in religion. And when I bring them back to, you know, discussing with them what they are, what they have, and what they can do, then they realize, oh, I can't play with this one. <laughs> because we've learned that overcoming is allowing the Holy Spirit to, uh, to convert us totally. Convert us so much so that our conduct is established in righteousness. Our character it's through the life of faith. When we say the life of faith, we're really talking about the life of Christ. For the, I no longer live, but it's Christ that live in me, and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So it's the Lord Jesus that characterizes our life through faith. And then it's our care through the compassion for the world, because we, we go into the world to let our light shine before men, that they may see what only they can see, our works. And glorify our Father in heaven because they know, hey, if we're accomplishing those proofs and we're finding out those proofs, then we don't have to, we don't have to theoretically analyze and uh, apologetically defend ourselves. We just manifest the power shifts that are taking place in our life. Glory to God. I'm, I'm getting happy. And, of course, we cast light on living supernaturally because we can't do this on our own.
Amen. So I know y'all glad that I kind of amplified this section because I brushed over it in the last lesson, but I wanted to make certain that you understand. You can't get in the face until you overcome the world. You have to overcome the world in order to achieve authentic faith. And that's what, the, that's what the enemy don't want you to understand. See, he wants you to think you can achieve faith in sin. You can't. Because anything that's not done in faith is sin. So, so when we get into faith and we really explore faith, we, we, got to, we have to have overcoming as a mandate. It has to be an imperative in our heart that this is the reality which Christ died for us to achieve. And that's, that's more powerful than religious rhetoric. So, not only did we learn that overcoming requires um, uh, a shift of power and overcoming places a demand on our sanctification, overcoming uh, deprograms us from um, from what the world is set to embed in us. We learned that uh, overcoming uh, is allowing the Holy Spirit to convert us, our conduct, our character, our cares, and our are casting light on the truth. But we also learned that overcoming the world was the root cause to engage in the spiritual warfare. See, because some people, they just create, they creative and they love to waste time and they love to get involved and they become hyper-demonic. You know, they, they so, they're casting out devils every day. And no, we don't deal with the devil like that every day. And no, the devil is defeated. So they actually, when when they consider themselves engaging in the warfare, they're actually empowering the work of the devil by being sensual with spirituality. And that's not good either. So we learned some things about warfare that, um, and, and I didn't go as in-depth as I want to in warfare, but I will be able to do that through the through the concepts of faith because we understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. And we bring to every, every thought unto the obedience of Christ. And the obedience of Christ is the obedience of faith. Okay? It is faith that pleases God. And we do everything for God's pleasure. Ultimately, when we say that we have faith, we're saying, um, um, and we want to indulge in faith, we're saying we are, we are found pleasing in the Lord's sight. That we want fellowship with God as a discovered reality to us real in living. And then we want to form a meaningful life above the standards of the world. That's what we're talking about. Okay? So we we engage our, in spiritual for, uh, warfare first by empowering our spiritual authority. And I give the scriptures about sustaining ourselves in the spirit. Proverbs 18.4, Psalms 20.27. 20, 1 Corinthians 2, 11, 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 7 through 5, and then Romans chapter 8, of course, was a bonus plug-in. So we esteem then and affirm the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of man shall sustain him is one of the passages that we go to in Psalms 84, verse 5, Psalms 121, Psalms 27, Psalms 23, Philippians 4. Okay. But then we also embed ourselves in him, the in Christ. We feed on the word of God. We worship corporately, and we work out our salvation practically. And so so those, those areas uh, engage us in the warfare. That's what real warfare is all about. Of course, we know that we eliminate erroneous concepts 
and contaminations in warfare. We submit, and we do this through submitting to God, resisting to the devil, and living in humility. Humble yourself under under the mighty hand of God, because he will exalt you in due time. And then also, we embrace God's big picture. And I've been talking about that. I've been saying, God has a plan. You know, and and I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you um, in the next qualifying factor of faith, which will be Sunday, what that plan is all about. Um, in God's big picture, um, we're going to go over that real briefly. Um, so, but here we embrace God's picture, which advances our life in, the, in a life context. So we said that we are enlightened to understand, and all that getting, get an understanding. Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened, that we might know the hope of our calling and what is the fellowship of of, of Christ. Amen. We are esteemed to live godly. So we live godly in this present world because we've escaped the corruption that is in the world. And then we also are, are expanded through our biblical worldview because we say the word of God is the final authority. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is all about faith. But it's a mandate to us to overcome. And until we embrace and say, we will and we have overcome, because some of us, we haven't, if we be honest with ourselves, we haven't overcome. We've been succumbed to the ways of the world. But we can change that. We can change that. So we've advanced through a biblical-based theological system. And what do I mean by that? When I say theological, don't get caught up on big words. It just means God logic. We investigate the mind of God. In Second Timothy 2.15, Isaiah 55.6, and 1 Peter 3.15, we endeavor to de develop scholastic achievement, spiritual maturity, and simplistic convictions, ultimately yielding into standards and sanctification of heart. Amen? So we, we, we talked about the Beatitudes of Sound Theology. That means when we engage the mind of God, things happen to us. We become selective about how we build upon our foundation. Take heed how thou build upon that uh, foundation. Then, two, we become systematic in our spiritual study habits because God does everything in decency and in order. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into the truth. So the truth then becomes a, a, a traceable fact, a traceable reality. Through the, through the comfort and the power and the provision of the Holy Spirit. We, we become spiritually guided, embracing God, um, spiritually guided. So when we talk about the Beatitudes, this is what our attitude should be. We should be selective, we should be systematic, and we should be spiritually guided. Amen? Now, let's get into faith a little bit. In Romans chapter 3, it's a challenge to us. Let's go back there. This is one of the scriptures that we opened up with in the overcoming way. But it, it challenges us to really examine whether we're going to allow the faith process to have full effect. And we can't do that if we don't believe that we can overcome. Now, of course, you know, when the book of Romans was written, it was written to young, young people who were in an elite system. The Church of Romans, where Paul was also in prison, and where he wrote the book of Colossians, which we're going to go into in a few minutes. But in this particular passage, I want to point out just some things 
that that really help us deter from tradition to truth. Okay, so we want to go to truth. It is the truth that we know that makes us free. Okay, so it says, what advantage then have the Jew? What or what profit is their circumcision? And of course, this is talking about. Of course, you know the Jews considered themselves holy because of what they externally did. They had sacrifices. They 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 sold their flesh for sake of covenant through circumcision. They cut off the foreskin of their private area to let them know that they were dedicated to God. So they considered themselves better and clean and superior just because of that of the circumcision. Jesus came and circumcised the heart so that the heart would be covenanted with God. They they circumcised their flesh when God wanted to circumcise their heart. Nothing wrong with circumcision. It's a healthy move. But in this particular case, it was not superior to what would be found in Christ. And so it is in Romans, and I have to wrap up very soon, but it is in, in Romans that we discover this this reality, okay? So he says this because I don't want you to get caught up in the circumcision. I want you to understand he's dealing with the covenant that you have with God, the agreement that you have with God. It says, so what advantage are we Jews? Just because you're a Jew, does it profit you because you're circumcised? Much in every way, chiefly because that unto you, you you were committed the oracles of God. But you you were given access to God's word, but what did it do? He said, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? So here we hear a concept of faith that we need to qualify here. God forbid, yet let let God be true and let every man be a liar. See, that's one of the one of the power and the principles of faith here. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. See, faith, I'm going to get into it, but faith, it can be translated into three uh, revelations. The revelation of, 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 of the law of faith, the revelation of the life of faith, and the revelation of the love factor. So those will be the teachings in which we develop our teachings on, our, our series on. And I wanted to see, show you that in the scripture that this is what, uh, qualifies us because, of course, faith justifies us that we might overcome when not we're judged. But if our righteousness commend to the righteousness of God, what shall we say then? Is God unrighteousness to, who taketh vengeance? Or I speak to you as a man, God forbid. For how shall God judge the world? For the truth is, the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory. Why yet am I also judged as a sinner? So so he he he's getting into some stuff. Because see, there's a superiority complex that people have thinking they can just they if they can survive, they don't need Jesus. Oh, you need Jesus. <laughs> oh, you need the Lord in your life. And if you don't have the Lord in your life, when it comes to living this life on earth, you, you're really going to live a shallow life. Do you hear what I'm saying? So he says, and not rather, um, as he will be slanderous reported, as some affirm, that, that we say, let us, um, let us do evil that good may come, whose, whose damnation is just? What then? Are we better, th are we better than they know in no wise? For we have before 
prove both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none not righteous, no, not one. There is none that, are, um, that understandeth, and there is none that seeketh after God. And we know that faith demands that we seek after God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. So their, their throat is, op is an open sepulcher, which, and their tongues which they have used in deceit, the poison of the ass is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their way, and their way of peace have they not known. There is no fear before God in their eyes. Now we know that these things whatsoever the law saith, Oh, we're getting into some stuff, and I don't have time to really just really deal with this 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 claim of justification and description of righteousness. But I, I want to go down to this, this portion of Scripture, and we'll close, and I'll pick it up on Sunday. It says, Now, we know that whosoever the law, whatsoever the law says, it says to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by thy deeds... By the deeds of the law, there is no flesh that is justified in the sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Ooh, God, I want to I want to get into this so bad. Amen. Let's stop there. <laughs> no, I don't want to stop there. Let's read. But now of the righteousness of God without the law is manifest and being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ, upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. All of sin that comes short of the glory of God. But being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God hath set for as a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness and the remissions of sin that are past for the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be the just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Amen. So it's an advantage to believing in Jesus, and we're going to talk about that. Well, I didn't get into Colossians, but I do have more content, just not enough time to get it in this session. But I trust that the word of God will take full effect in you to know that greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. You can overcome sin, and you can overcome the world, and you can do this because of faith. And as we get into this discussion of faith, I just believe God is going to transform your your reality into that very thing that he promised because he's faithful. He's not a man that he should lie, nor should he change his mind. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a wonderful Lord's evening. God bless you. Good night. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory.